0: What do we call him? Robert. Oh, this ball is absolutely blistered. Left center field, long run, Luis Robert got it! He's going to be an absolute beast for, you know, the next 10 to 20 years. I've seen a lot of underarm mannequins that look like that.
1: You will see. He's going to be the next Mike Trout.
0: Oh, boy. Luis Robert, look out to the concourse.
1: Yeah, in Cuba, siempre se
0: pronuncia Luis Robert. Luis provides a special combination of Power and speed. A combination of Andrew Jones and Bo Jackson. American League, National League, get ready because Luis Robert is coming.
1: Hi, this is Jim Tomey and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Herb. Hello and
0: welcome back to Locked On Sox. This is Locked On Luis Robert episode number five. My name is Herb Lawrence, and with me is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you doing tonight?
1: Doing well, Herbie. Football is back, and uh, we're recording this during halftime of this uh, Chiefs-Texans game. And uh, this episode of Locked on Luis Robert number 5 is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, there's so many different numbers of makes and models of automobiles these days. It's impossible to stock all the parts that your car will ever need at a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions about your automobile while the counterperson orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands his or her warehouse happens to carry? You've got computers. You got one right in your pocket. It's called your cell phone, and it has access to rockauto.com 24-7. You see, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers like you, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, sort of like how airlines do. And RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. That's right. Just go in there, find the parts you're looking for, buy them and wait for them to arrive at your doorstep. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. And best of all, Prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And do us this favor, won't you? Write LOCKED ON in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Only at rockauto.com. All right, so for those of you who are late to the party here and you're looking at our our feed of podcasts and there's a good mix of of mailbags and game recaps. And every once in a while, what we like to do is drop one of these Luis Robert spotlight episodes. You can call it like a mini series, if you will, where, you know, we're trying to zoom out a little bit. And during the shortened season. The 60-game sprint, we just want to make sure we're highlighting one of the uh, top prospects the White Sox have ever had run through their organization, and that man is Luis Roberts. So what we've been doing is chronicling uh, everything from how he got here into his first at-bat, his first hit, first home run, all the milestones along the way, and we're sort of tracking his progress throughout the year as the White Sox look to make the postseason for the first time in 12 seasons. And uh, we're going to start tonight. We last left you guys off on uh, August 29th. Uh, I believe is the, the the date the last episode of Lockdown Luis Robert was posted, and things were going pretty well. Um, you know, we, we had noticed some trends, and you know the strikeouts were continuing to to pile up. But overall, playing a good, solid outfield defense and and making good contact when he did make contact, making hard contact, I should say. Mm-hmm. But since that point, I would say in the last two weeks, it's sort of been the biggest two-week stretch for Luis Robert in terms of like you had walk-off home runs, you had long home runs, you had the great diving play in Kansas City. Would you say this is like the, 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 the two-week span here over the last two weeks? This has been like the biggest sort of uh, splash for Luis Robert uh, on the national stage. I, do you feel like you're starting to see a little bit more headlines and, and, and video clips circulating of our guy Lou Bob?
0: Yeah, I mean, it started off with that Twins home run. He hits dead center where everybody knew what was gone immediately, and he almost knocked down the whole building. And then a couple of days later, he goes around to Kansas City, and you spoke of that one, the home run that was hit so far, I think recalculated to about 480 or something like that, and almost destroyed a Frank White statue <laughs> Absolutely. in the Royals Hall of Fame. And then the catch. I think is the most impressive thing he's done this whole year where he's in left center field and tracks a ball 88 feet away from him diving. And it said 15% catch probability. I don't know what, like, center fielders in the league make that catch from where he was. Well
1: we'll talk about that. What center fielders do make the catch and we'll get into the to the uh, detailed numbers about that catch, but you mentioned after coming off that twin series the Royals came to town and let's take it back a little bit to Sunday, August 30th. Uh, big weekend for the White Sox. You remember Yasmani Grandal hits that walk-off home run, catapulted the White Sox into first place, uh, but it didn't last long because they had a real clunker the next day. The bullpen was bad. Offense struggled. They lost 9-6, to lost that game late to the Royals, and you're sort of like, you know, seeing finally okay the Sox are in first place can they hold it and they couldn't even hold it for a day so when they came back for that Sunday game the rubber match against the Royals that, that was a big game that they needed wind was out of the sails a little bit so they needed to bounce back and Dane Dunning was on the mound and he had himself a no hitter through five innings before he was pulled and the uh, White Sox were searching for a big hit uh, as they were in extra innings that day against the Royals and oh boy did they get one from Luis Robert Robert in the air, left field, Gordon back, at the track,
0: it is over! The Sox are in first place, Luis Robert sends him there, 5-2 your final score!
1: At that point, that's the biggest hit of Luis Robert's short career, and it was much needed that day on the south side.
0: Yeah, and I wasn't expecting anything from him, you know, I was, you know, settling in, Getting ready for the White Sox to do something, maybe um a double, a single, maybe a triple, but that home run really shocked me. It was uh it was whoa, oh my God, we're, this game is over. let's go. And he murdered it. I was uh, very, very in- enjoying that and this is the thing like he's the seventh hitter in this lineup, and every time he comes up, even though he didn't have the best success with you know, Uh, at-bats, his at-bats are must-viewing because you don't know what's going to happen. He might hit a really long home run. He might look really bad in that at-bat, but you have to tune in to see this youngster do what he has to do when he's up at the plate. I think more than any batter in the White Sox lineup, and that's something to say with the power and what they're doing this year.
1: So with that three-run homer uh, walking it off for the White Sox that day, you know uh, they're sort of just letting Luis Robert go up there and, and wait for that hang, hanging slider which he got and sort of just unload on it. And Rick Renteria spoke about just the pure strength and power uh, that Luis Robert exhibits uh, from at bat to at bat, and how they were just cool with letting Luis Robert just let it rip there at the end of the game. Yeah, it was huge.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back. I'd, I'd let him do it as often as he wants to. Uh, we're very happy. I mean, it was, I think it was hanging slider or something that he. That he Got extended on and was able to put a, a, a barrel on it and very strong young man I mean you know things like that are very possible with him so he picked us up and uh it was nice
1: to see so that's Rick Renteria there talking about Luis Robert so that's a pretty big moment there for Luis Robert the White Sox you know get back into first place after that walk-off and you know you're sort of feeling that sense of relief after, after that game like okay you know it was it was a it was a tough day on that Saturday against the Royals and they bounced back on Sunday and that, that moment, I think, in terms of the big picture of the season, that moment was kind of like, okay, here we go, strap in. It's going to be unrelenting to this point forward because it took the White Sox a while to bounce back and get, mm-hmm. get into first place after a, a tough start early. But it was at that point where this season started to feel like, okay... Uh, fasten your seatbelt. So you're you in agreement with me on that one that it's sort of at that point that it was kind of like, OK, here we go. It's going to be no more uh, no more 2019, no more rebuild. Now it's for real.
0: Yeah, I felt like that. And I never really expected the White Sox to be in first place. And I expected them to compete. I expected them to be close to first place. But, you know, we look at it now. They're clear. They're, what, a game and a half up? I think Cleveland lost tonight.
1: They got pounded tonight, yeah, by the Royals. Thank you, Kansas City.
0: A no-hitter by Singer out there, (laughs) but they're in first place. And, yeah, that is one of the times where you're like, okay, this is better than I thought. This is much better than I thought. And that's – I don't think any White Sox fan could imagine to where, firstly, Luis Robert is. And the team is. And, yeah, that's a a signifying moment where this team's like, oh, whoa, we're we're here. Wow. Unbelievable.
1: Absolutely. Kansas City, once again, you know, they're always good for what ails you. So, you know, we mentioned Luis Robert in that big home run in Minnesota. Sox dropping two or three to the Twins. and. A nice start to the series with with Robert's home run there, but you know they didn't finish strong, and our anxiety was up again as White Sox fans. So the Sox needed to have a big series going into Kansas City, and boy did they get one. They got the momentum rolling again. The Sox would win eleven to six on the uh, on September third, but this bomb from Luis Robert would be the play of the game and one of the offensive highlights of twenty twenty, which earned a new comparison of Luis Robert. We heard Roberto Clemente, we've heard Terrell Owens, but Jason Benetti had a new comparison after this home run. Oh boy, there it is! Way out of here! Oh, staircase shot! Bring him
0: home! There's that hanging slider on a tee! He had him exactly where he wanted him and got one that he could handle. We've been waiting for him to pull the ball and see just how far he could hit it. That is a bomb, and Newberry had a tough night. Luis
1: Robert is very much like a Midwestern thunderstorm. One minute, blue sky. Next minute, there goes the neighborhood. So, yeah, a thunderstorm was the comparison for Jason Benetti, a Midwestern thunderstorm. That, I never thought I'd hear a White Sox prospect uh, be comp to weather patterns. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but
0: Just uh, a little stretchy, but whatever. Hey, what, what are you going to do? Get you, know,
1: you get caught up in the moment. What are you going to do? You almost destroy the Royals Hall of Fame, which is actually a very nice Hall of Fame. We talked about Great. that many times before on the podcast. But that home run, 113 miles per hour off the bat – it was a list originally listed as 458 feet, but you said after the fact they readjusted it and it, uh, to a much more fair, what around 480, you said?
0: I think so. I don't know if that's official, but I thought off the bat that's much more than 450 when they announced it. I was like, that is like past the bullpen, up the stairs, halfway up the stairs. There's got to be some accounting for if none of this stuff was there, where that ball would have landed. Uh, from home plate, and yeah, there's no way that came short of anything short of, of 480.
1: That was baseball poetry in motion right there because it's not like he was up there just hacking from from his shoe tops, you know, like 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 you see Javi Baez and some other guys do. Eloy sometimes will do that, but mm-hmm. that that was not the case with Luis Robert on that home run. It was just perfect. It was here's the, here's the hanging slider, and here's my bat at the right time, and you see how far it go. Just easy power, man. I think that was my takeaway from that homer, just how easy it was and how fluid the swing was, man. But
0: and I wish more people would do that because. Luis Robert knows he's strong enough. If the ball hits his bat, it's going to go far. He doesn't need to generate all this extra swing for the ball to go further. Or farther, sorry. Um, And Eloy and Javi, all these guys need to know, like, yeah, I got to the league. And it's not the violence of my swing that makes the ball go far. It's my forearms. It's my back. It's my legs. It's all that working in concert and letting the bat, especially if it hits the hits the sweet spot, the ball's going to travel, guys. Calm down on the swings. And that's some of the things that you said. I think easy power, we had the the subject bring up uh, a couple times uh, with a Jason Bonetti cut. But easy power is the thing, I would say, of Luis Robert. His walk-off home run, real easy power. He just barely looked like he was swinging hard. He's like, I'm just going to serve this, and it's going to go far. But what you know, when you hear it, the violence in the in the ball, bat hitting the ball, you know it's a home run. Like that Minnesota home run, I knew immediately. I heard it. I was like, oh! I yelled <laughs> up. I just jumped out of my seat. I knew it was gone. It was great.
1: And you, know, you talk about knowing it as soon as you uh, hear it off the bat. That's what happened to our guy, Rex Hudler. Hood, he's uh, the color analyst for the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> One of the great dudes in all of baseball. Great ambassador for the game. Uh, met him once when uh, he came in. Uh, to do the McNeil and Parkin show because Danny knew him from his days in Kansas City. Just one of these guys that, you know, a true baseball lifer, you know, uh, used to be roommates with Randy Johnson. You know, he was in spring training with Bo Jackson and, you know, just one of these guys that'll spin a yarn for you and you have to love his uh, unbridled enthusiasm and his positivity in life. And if you have, you know, the chance to check out a Kansas City Royals game and listen to him, just talk about the game. And, you know, I I love HUD, but Here's how Hud reacted to that Luis Robert bomb in Kansas City.
0: Oh, oh man. Wow. Luis Robert hits one
1: in front of the Royals Hall of Fame. Man, is that guy powerful. He's got it all. He's got speed, he's got power. He could play baseball, man. Wow. Look at how pretty that swing was. Very well balanced. And sometimes when you hear an announcer go, ugh, you know, it seems like they're frustrated. But I genuinely believe that Hud was, like, genuinely impressed. Like, oh, man, that's a thing of beauty, man. I love that home run. Thank you so much for hitting it against us, man. It was my pleasure looking at it. Did you get that that vibe, too? <laughs> that he was just he was just excited to be in the presence of a ball that was just massacred the way that was?
0: Yeah, and I think also in that, uh was... <laughs> This is his first year. I've got to see this for another eight, nine years. Oh, Kansas City. Get well, your stuff together. Yeah, well,
1: we had to deal, deal with Billy Butler and Mike Sweeney for all those years. So I think it's time the White Sox had some guy that they had to kill the Royals as opposed to you know having a Royal kill the White Sox over a long period of time. They got even Whit Merrifield now. You know he, he's on his share of socks killing in his uh, short career, but yeah, we finally Herb. I think we got one, and uh, his 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 terrorizing of the Kansas City Royals didn't stop in the in the uh, in the uh, batter's box. He carried it out to the field with him with his glove, and that Saturday night game uh, on September fifth. So the Sox are up five to three in the ninth inning, and. You know the Royals, they're they're pesky, man. They they always play the everyone tough. You you mentioned that them taking it to the Indians tonight. You know they're not a whole lot of talent there, but they've got some good arms in that bullpen that can keep them in a game close late. You know, if, if they can, you know, get, mm-hmm. you know, get a little, get a get a little offense generated. You know, when Soler's in the lineup, they're a much different team, and we haven't seen a lot of him. But you still got Whit Merrifield and guys like that, and they've got some power, Hunter Dozier, so they 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 can keep you in a game for a little bit. So whenever you have uh, a marginal lead in the ninth inning, you know your your anxiety is always up. You know, when you're playing the Royals, especially on the road, uh, in their past history of the Kansas City specials and things like that. So this is Luis Robert, nobody out, nobody on, bottom of the ninth inning against the Royals. Sox have a 5-3 lead.
0: This ball is sliced to right center. Robert lays out. Oh no, he didn't! Outrageous 88! This is really impressive. This is slicing away from him into right center field. The flat out dive in the glove securely. Wow.
1: So that's one of the definitive highlights of the year, I think, not only for the White Sox, but for Luis Robert. And, you know, it didn't get a whole lot of national love in terms of plays of the night on a lot of mm-hmm. the baseball shows. But, you know, I haven't seen many plays, uh, you know, this side of the San Diego Padres in baseball this year that were just that awesome. Um, getting to the numbers on that one, just as you mentioned earlier, a 15% catch probability um i i would say that's a little too high and he covers 88 feet and four and a half seconds and did you think that he was going to get to that one as soon as it left the bat
0: absolutely not i was i literally said the words he did not catch that there's no way he caught that and when he like i thought like there's he dove and i was like there's a ball on the ground and i looked and he like shows the ball in his club i'm like how like off the bat, you could tell it's a right handed hitter and he's hitting the ball to right center. So it's going to have its natural arc towards right field. And so that makes the catch even harder. The guy had to get a great read off the bat and he, de- and he does. And then the makeup speed that no one really has in the league. And I know, I was like, no, he didn't catch that. And when he did, I was like, on effing believable. That's unbelievable catch. I haven't seen a catch like that. And a good while. Maybe it's going to take me to jog my memory to remember one that was that spectacular, but everything included was just
1: top notch. And in terms of rankings of most outs above average among outfielders this season, Cody Bellinger with four, Trent Grisham four, Kiermeyer four, Jackie Bradley Jr., five, and Luis Robert number one with six outs above average among outfielders this season. Just uh, absolutely amazing. And Kevin Kiermeyer was the first guy that I thought of in terms of guys who, who maybe have as good a shot to make that play. Any, anyone else you think of that have a, a realistic opportunity to make that play that Robert made?
0: I think Kiermaier has the speed. Um, i yeah. see Trout used to, but I think he's slow to step a little bit, especially defensively. Um, Trent Grisham, I've seen play in San Diego. He's pretty good, but he's not that fast. He's uh, no, no one has the speed of Luis Robert to make that. And the reading off the like, we I think we one of these episodes we did episode three or two, we were discussing like he wasn't getting the best jumps on balls. Like he was like league average or slightly above. That one was great. It was awesome jump on that ball. And so he's just learning, and then he has the ability to make up for any mistakes he makes. The route efficiency, I don't know what it was on that, but I'm sure it was. Pure because he went exactly from where he was to where the ball was going to land and no wasted steps. I don't know if any other center fielder in the league makes that.
1: Certainly fair point. Uh, we'll get into those jumps and the outfield metrics and evaluate how Luis Roberts has been doing in center field. In just a little bit. You guys remember seeing that gif of Adam Engel after that home run in Kansas City, and that's sort of like the all-encompassing Luis Robert reaction where it's just like, oh my god, every time you see him do something like that, hit that home run, make the catch. Uh, Lucas Giolito spoke after that game, after Robert makes that catch. To talk about just what it's like playing with a guy that sort of has your jaw dropping every night. Uh, he,
0: just about every night, he does something that, that makes jaws drop, man. I mean, he's... I, I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, the stuff that you guys don't see, how much work he puts in, how much he wants to learn, how much he wants to get better. He, he He's an unbelievable player. Uh, he's only going to get better and better. i uh, very, very happy he's on our team.
1: So, yeah, so it's not only us, Herb, that are amazed by what Luis Roberts is doing uh, on a day-to-day basis. It's his teammates, too, and a lot of these guys have – some of them have played with Luis Robert in the lower levels, but they never really got a chance to see it to this extent every day because he had his health issues in the levels, and he was kind of uh, ushered up through AA quickly after after tearing it up down there in uh, in Birmingham. But it's not only us, Herb, that, that are amazed by, by Luis Robert. So um, another thing here to look at when you're talking about Robert, we mentioned those outfield stats, and you know how is he doing out there? Uh, last time we met, last time we recorded, a Locked on Luis Robert episode, Lou Bob was sitting at a 65 percentile rating for outfielder jump, which is, as you said, above average. But over the last two weeks, he's actually improved his outfielder jump to 81st percentile. So pretty strong stuff. I I didn't think he – I thought he was taking pretty good routes to begin with and you Mm -hmm. only find out he was just league average. But to see that he is even better than that now and he's gotten better – it, you're only encouraged when you see stuff like that, that this guy's only scratching the surface of what he can do, at least defensively.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous how much growth he still has like left. And we're doing these episodes just marveling at how good he is now, and it's 45 games into his career, and he has a lot left. Uh, the swings can come down. The eye can be better uh contact can be more often and he's still great right now. I think he's pretty great and you guys had on uh, John Morosi on and he was saying that Luis Robert is a legit AL MVP candidate and I was taken aback by that because you know he's good and the, the average doesn't speak to you and all that stuff but his defense plays and the big time plays are seeing the home runs and the great catching but yeah you look at his F war and his B war it's up there with the highest players in the American League so I looked at it I was like you know why not you know if the White Sox win this thing one of three players will get a lot of MVP consideration and I think they'll probably split the vote maybe um, with you know Tim Anderson Jose Abreu and maybe Luis Robert with a late push but it's good to know that he got three guys who are legitimate contenders and Luis Roberts, one of those guys in his rookie year.
1: You're listening to this on a Friday, most likely, and, you know, the, Thursday was the last off day for the White Sox in the regular season. How great would it be to see all those guys sort of, uh, have a little competition within the White Sox to see who's going to make that final push and who's going to, uh, you know, maybe get themselves the best opportunity to win MVP award? It's a good problem to have, man. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, the B war for Luis Roberts sitting at 2.2, um, 151 at bats. He's got 40 hits, 11 homers, just hitting 265. And that's down from 276 the last time we recorded, so something to look out for there. He scored 27 runs, 27 RBI, six stolen bases. OBP up 329 from 325 last time we recorded. Slugging is down, it's down to 536 from 543. OPS right about the same, 866, and an OPS plus uh, right around the same at 132. Um, last seven games however he's cooled off a little bit and this is what we've been seeing pretty much all season long the one thing that we do know for sure about Luis Robert as far as the trends go is that he's going to go cold for a while because the strikeout rate is is really high still In the last seven games 26 at bats just uh, four hits one home run three RBI and 12 strikeouts in the last seven games so th- that's a lot you want to know how how many is that really the strikeout percentage, he's in the 11th percentile, which actually he's improved. He was in the bottom three, bottom third percentile the last time we recorded. So he's up to 11th. So you said earlier, only one way to go, uh, but up. So 11th percentile in the strikeout percentage. So not great. Uh, you know, It's certainly expected. And as he starts to see these pitchers around the league a second, third time, uh, you would hope to think that uh, he can improve on that a little bit. Uh, other offensive percentile rankings to look at. He's still barreling it ninety seven percent. That's uh, up one percentage point percentile point from last time we met uh, sprint speed still at ninety seven. That hasn't changed. We did see it did dip uh, after the the first couple weeks. so we saw that it dipped and he got some rest and now it's back to ninety seven. hard hit percent down to seventy eight percentile from 85th last time we met expected slugging uh, 94th percentile so you know he's still crushing the ball when he gets a hold of it he hits it hard and he hits it far the exit velocity though down uh, to the 59th percentile from 87th percentile so a lot of things to to consider there as far as how pitchers are pitching him he's still seeing 53 percent fastballs 39% 39% breaking balls and just seven percent off-speed stuff. So he's still getting a a steady dosage of sliders, and that's the thing about if you're going to go up there and just keep throwing sliders at Luis Robert, eventually you're going to hang one. And so that's pretty much the offensive philosophy for him right now. It's like I'm going to keep hacking because eventually one of these will get hung and it's going to get hit a long way. So I, you know I don't know what to really what to make of it. I see no reason why pitchers are going to pitch him any differently. Um, I guess the, the amount of fastballs there still surprises me, but I guess if you can mix it up against them, you'll have some decent success. But, again, it's only a matter of time before you, you get out there and hang one, and then he hits it a long way.
0: Yeah, there was a pitcher for Pittsburgh the other day that threw a filthy slider to him that was in a left-handed batter's box, and he swung at it. And then he tried to go back there again, and he got it off the plate a little bit. And Luis Robert just served that into right field. He's learning. I was like, okay, I know he's going to swing at this, and unless you're going to throw it way off the plate, he's going to maybe make contact with that. So like you are saying with the you hang it, he's going to hit it, he's going to really bang it, that Minnesota home run, hung. That walk-off home run, hung. That home run in Kansas City, hung. He will kill your off-speed uh, mistakes with a lot of force. And now he just needs – it looks like Eloy – Last year, he let let off the uh, sliders after a while. And now, if you're throwing Eloy a slider, he'll serve that over to right field easily and sometimes with power to get a home run. That's the next progression for
1: Luis Robert. You got me excited thinking about Luis Robert serving slider opposite field, which would mean maybe more triples in his future. You know, maybe oh, get, yeah. getting some down the first baseline and really getting to see him show off those wheels. That's an exciting possibility, even more so than than seeing him hit home runs. I'm a big fan of, of the triple. And, you know, seeing him get out there on the base pass and really show off that speed, that's an exciting proposition if you're a White Sox fan.
0: Yeah, and all he has to do is just – Understand the field is there. The whole field is there. Uh, I don't know how much his spray chart is, but I had to guess I would say majority, maybe 75% is on center field to left field. Once he starts using that right field, pitchers are going to have to come into him and use a pitch that they don't want to. And then he's going to start putting damage on those balls. It's the same thing with Eloy. Sony broke it down a lot. Like when he starts going to right field, then he becomes dangerous because then the pitchers know that they can't get him out there. And if you throw it out there, he's going to hit it out there. So then you're going to have to bring in fastballs in the in the inside corner. And I don't know if Luis is necessarily hitting him with authority as yet, but once he does learn this game a little bit more, understand the pitchers, those fastballs he's going to get in the inside corner, he's going to drive them to left field because he's got the power, he's got the hand speed, he's got the uh, bet, uh, the hip clearance to get that bat through the zone and get that barrel on the good part of the ball.
1: After that walk off home run, Steve stone made a point to mention how this is Luis Robert putting everyone on notice for rookie of the year. And everyone knows uh, how great Kyle Lewis has been, but it's this two week stretch of time here where Luis Roberts had big moments, big plays, stuff that sort of gets in the consciousness of, of your, your typical uh, rookie of the year voter and your baseball fan. And, you, you, we talk about Kyle Lewis, and here's how the two of them stack up now as we as we really get towards the last push here for who's going to win 2020 American League Rookie of the Year. So Kyle Lewis for the Mariners right now, uh, sitting at a 1.7 B WAR, uh, nine homers compared to Roberts' eleven. He's sitting 307 compared to Roberts' 265. He's got the edge there. Um, he has 23 RBI. Robert has 27. His OBP three ninety nine. That's a he's that's amazing. He's getting on base at a four hundred clip for the Mariners and Luis Robert sitting at three twenty nine OBP and the OPS for Kyle Lewis eight ninety six compared to Robert's eight sixty six and the OPS plus for Kyle Lewis one fifty. So Kyle Lewis still having a really good year, but I think ultimately what's going to decide this thing is the White Sox are in contention, the Mariners are not, and Luis Robert. Playing in Chicago, I think he's seeing you know has a lot more people see a lot of these big splash plays more often, and I think he's just going to become a household name. And I think on the strength of that alone, and the White Sox being competitive for the first time in twelve years, and I know the Mariners have a little playoff drought of their own, but I think that is going to be the biggest difference here in where the two of them rank in the Rookie of the Year final.
0: Yeah, I think the the fact the playoffs, even though um, Kyle Lewis has no bearing over if the Mariners make the playoffs or not. I mean, he can perform well, as we've seen with Mike Trout. His whole career is being great and the Angels being terrible. He can do no, you know, even if they get a good player like Anthony Rendon, who is also at the top of every chart if you look on the American League leaderboard. Doesn't matter. You can have multiple players who are good. So, yeah, Luis Robert will get the benefit of his team is good. And he's also putting up good stats himself. And right now he's ahead of Kyle Lewis and a couple of those, like the F war is slightly above each other. And then I think B war is right there too. So yeah, is it fair? Probably not. If I had a vote, who would I go for? Um, Objectively, probably I would go with Luis Robert more splash, more impact, I think on the game. And He's a very, very vital cog to this White Sox team. He plays defense that allows a, a bad defender like Eloy to relax, to not mess up. And same thing with Nomar Mazar. And you read it before, six, was it six outs above average? Yeah, that is a huge deal. You don't see Kyle Lewis leading that. That's Luis Roberts. So, yeah, objectively, I would say Luis Robert is the rookie of the year right now.
1: I would have to you? go. I, yeah, I'd have to agree. Just going on uh, on F War and B War alone, just the total package. I, I think that's just where you where you begin to look, and and I think being in a playoff chase uh, that does mean something, you know. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. I, you know, you're starting. You don't hear a lot about Kyle Lewis. Uh, nationally anymore, as you did sort of early on in the season. You're, you're now with the White Sox being in the playoffs, it just it is what it is. You know, it, they've got the light shining on them right now, and and everyone's talking about them, and you're, they're looking at okay, what's the difference between them now this year and last year? Well, it's that guy number eighty-eight. In center field, it's going to be fun to see how the Sox finish the season, and we'll be back with another Luis Robert recap, maybe one, maybe two more before the season ends. And looking forward to uh, just the rest of the ride along the way, man. Just with the White Sox in general, it's going to be exciting. We'll have a breakdown uh, after this uh, first game of the Tiger series tonight. If you're listening to this on Friday, Friday night, we'll have a quick recap, then we'll take the weekend off because. We got the Bears. The Bears are starting again, so no no podcast for us on Sunday. But, of course, we'll have the mailbag on Monday. And how can they get a hold of us for Mailbag Monday, Herbie?
0: Email us at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Questions, comments, anything you want to write about, we will read them. Not all of them will make our Mailbag Monday episode. So, Send them over right now. We still have some room for a couple more. Our usuals are in there. My guy, Mike Victor's in there. I saw one from Pete Han and some other folks. John Shank, I think, sent one out early in the week. So send in your emails or questions, comments, whatever, to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. To follow this show, go to LockedOnSocks on on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us there. Say what's up to us, whatever you need to do. Chris, personally, is at, at Chris Tannehill. I'm at ecknerwall 23 so if you need to say what's up to us, my DMs are open. You need to yell at me for some dumb White Sox opinion I gave, my DMs are open too, but get ready to get yelled back at, okay? Cool. Don't just be make, acting like I won't be firing shots back. I'm not that dude. So, at Echner Wall 23 if you want to talk to me, chop it up on the DMs. So, for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence, you've been listening to Episode number five of Locked on Luis Robert on Locked on Sox.